Hello, everyone. This is Raf, and this is Mike. <laughs> and uh, we're talking right after the Oscars. Uh, I have, I am drinking the same beer as last week, a Guinness Extra Stout that is actually chilled. And Mike is, uh, what are you drinking, Mike? Well, uh, if you can hear the background, there is a Keurig making a nice Starbucks Pike Place roast. So I'm not going to be getting drunk yet. Uh, right in front of me, I have this, but right next to it, I have a barefoot spritzer. So we're, we're going to have a little fun today and do both. Not encouraging <laughs> it, but uh, this, this is who I am. I'm an individual. You're going to be awake and buzzed at the same time. I'm going to say. Anyway, so, uh, cheers. Wait, wait, cheers. Cheers. As, as you can guess, I'm tapping uh, my beer bottle with a Sharpie Yes. just to be like, hey, we're together, because uh, I'm in New York and uh, Mike is in Hawaii. Yep. Tipsy uh, uh, from and, afar. Uh, yeah. So this is, uh, this is our like remote podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is how things are done nowadays, kids. Yeah. And I have friends from all over the world to do your podcast with. From everywhere, from Europe, from Africa, from Asia, from America. To Bulgaria. And, uh, to Bulgaria, yay. Bulgaria, like, so uh, dude, I, uh, so the Oscars were two days ago, two nights ago. And uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, like I wasn't really surprised about any of the winners. Mm -hmm. uh i i didn't want laura dern to win like supporting actress because i i i have an aversion to like her character but it's it's nothing about her acting performance at all but mm -hmm. uh but then i was like uh I, I was like i know she's gonna win but i don't want her to win <laughs> it was and I why really... tell why well I don't like divorce lawyers. Like that's <laughs> no, but it's sort of like uh, because I was kind of surprised that I mean, is I uh, she she her performance was uh, very good, like in the movie, but I didn't think it warranted like an Oscar win. I I don't know about what your thoughts were about that, but because like I saw Jojo Rabbit that Scarlett Johansson was. Um, um, nominated for, like, in the supporting actress category. And, uh, like, I thought she deserved it more. And, like, a lot of the other actresses there, I think, like, you know, I didn't think that she was better than the others. But then this is, like, you know, the Oscars are a political uh, thing as well. So it's not always about the performance. It's also about, like, what are people going to like? and um to a certain degree and uh yeah so uh that those are my two cents about the supporting actress category but uh i think uh i wasn't surprised about joaquin phoenix winning uh, i think uh he deserved it uh parasite i didn't see parasite but like so you weren't there with me when i was watching the oscars i was in my room and every time like they announced something i was like i called it and then i called Parasite, even though I didn't see Parasite. I was like, yeah. Parasite's going to win. Yeah. Parasite. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just said that out of nowhere. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know that you watch Parasite. So you think like uh, they deserve it? I, I, I guess well, they do. Uh, well, before I uh, get into that, let me open up my uh, barefoot spritzer while the coffee mm-hmm. cools down. Yes. Ah, uh, that's a satisfying noise. Link. Of a barefoot spritzer. So mm-hmm. I think Parasite won. I think it deserved everything it won. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, it was a movie I walked into uh, with no expectations whatsoever. Uh, I didn't know what language it was going to be in. I didn't know how big it was or how not big it was. I basically got it because my uh, I saw it because like my office was giving out free tickets, and I just took one before they all went away. So uh, I went went and saw it at the IAC Center, and it was a great movie to me and then most most of why i thought it was so good was because it was so it, it was so well done in the way it executed something original like you have other movies with like original concepts and stuff but this one was able to do it so seamlessly that i almost feel like it's another genre like i've never seen what i would call it like a slapstick comedy with a thriller vibe <laughs> like i Everything in that movie makes you like laugh, but like creeped out at the same time. And like we're also in an era where you can have things that are not in English and people don't have to like try to like it. It's like you watch it and you just naturally think it's good. And uh, I guess I mentioned this on another podcast uh, earlier. Like if this movie came out, I would say like 15 years ago, like 15, 20 years ago, this this movie basically gave a new format or template of a story to people. And it seemed like this was the kind of movie that if this was, this was made 15, 20 years ago, it would have got remade a million times in like different countries. You would have had like the American slapstick version of it with Will Ferrell for some reason. You would have had like maybe like a horror version in Japan or something. You know, I know Chris Rock was on a roll for a while, getting like prestige films from other countries and making like the Chris Rock version. And now mm-hmm. he's doing that with Saw, with Spiral, which I hope is good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. so I really think this movie won everything it was supposed to. And as much as I like Joker, like it, it won what it needed to win, you know. So yeah, I think you- you're right. Uh, I mean when you put it against all the other movies uh, that were nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. I think they all, all deserve to win in their own way. But, like, uh, yeah, I feel like Parasite being a foreign a movie in a foreign language, like, winning yeah, yeah. both, like, Best uh, International Film and, like, Best Film, is, I think, is, like, I hope, is, like, a turning point in the Oscars, where it's not so... Hollywood centric and it being more open to like other movies from other countries or just other yeah. studios. Yeah, like everywhere and, has a movie market now. I never thought that I would see a day when, you know, South Korea could have as much clout as Hollywood or New Zealand. Like, I guess when Lord of the Rings came out, that was a big turning point for like New Zealand. And now yeah. you have people coming out like Taika Waititi, who won for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. You, you can. You, you, you can create from where you are now and not feel like you're just making like a little dinky local indie film. You can start from where you are and make something big, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I was really happy about Taika Waititi winning. Uh, he won Best Adapted Screenplay, I think. Um, 
and uh, I think it really deserves it. Uh, I really enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. Uh, all the performances in it were really good. The story was really good. And to be honest, like making com- making a comedy with Hitler in it is like yeah hard hard enough as it is. Yeah. But like managed to really uh, do a good job. And uh, because like in the movie he plays Hitler like an imaginary version of Hitler. Yeah. He's like it's the like foster's home for imaginary right. friends version of right. Hitler, basically. And the thing is, like, during the whole movie, kind of, he uh, behaves like a fascist imaginary friend. But you still get the imaginary friend vibe. And near the end, like, when the kid kind of, like, uh, things like the kid during the movie realizes that there is a Jewish girl hiding mm-hmm. inside his house that yeah. his mom is hiding, right? The kid, like, he's part of the Hitler Youth and whatever. He's, like, a really full-blown, like, Nazi. And by the end of the movie, he totally flips. And that's when the Hitler imaginary friend, uh, played by Taika Waititi, kind of, like, freaks out and goes, like, full Hitler. And yeah. that's when you're, like, oh, like this is scary. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think, like, they really... I mean, like, <clears throat> both the way it's written, the way it's, it's uh, edited and everything is really well done. And, like... Taika Waititi, I think he edits his all of his movies the same way. There's always a part where someone like dresses up or something, and it's just like close shots of like belt buckle, yeah, thing being whatever thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, when I saw that at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, this is a Taika Waititi movie. And yeah, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah I mean, apart from that, like uh, Brad Pitt, uh, I really liked him in Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. He essentially plays himself, to be honest. But <laughs> wait, in that movie, I didn't if see he were, it. Did, did he have like, like voice? Yes, he yeah. Did he have that weird and glorious bastard's voice? Like, hey, hey, guy. Talks like himself. It's just like uh, uh, in the. But like, there's a t- there's a moment in the movie where he's high on on um, on LSD, mm-hmm. and he sees the Manson family show up at his house to kill him. Yeah. And he's like, I know you, like, because, like, he's <laughs> high, like, like, you know, yeah. he's high, and, and, uh, and he's like, yeah, but I'm here to kill you, and then he goes, like, ah, like he has, like, this high-pitched, like, you know, yeah. high, you know, high-pitched, and also, like, super yeah. drugged voice. Yeah, uh, it's almost like a weird cartoony version of Hollywood in that movie, right? Yeah. Like, it's, like, a heightened weird version <laughs> it's like it's quentin tarantino's version of what hollywood should be right that's probably what hollywood was in his mind growing up because he he was like a kid in what like the 70s or 80s which mm-hmm. means he was like looking back at the 60s like this is cool man yeah i want to do this so it's kind of like what hollywood looked like in his head as a movie <laughs> yeah exactly oh, man. it's fun sharon you know because yeah. <laughs> it's cool right it's that's cool. why i like it it's cool <laughs> it's like, like whenever you do the tarantino voice it just sounds like a, a kid in middle school who's like this is cool yeah. <laughs> so that's like all, all his interviews is like i don't know it's like does, does anybody remember when he you know it's like it's cool and i love feet okay i love feet the first time I saw Quentin Tarantino's personality, and I loved his personality as a kid. Now I'm like, I don't know. But when I was a kid, the first time I actually saw Quentin Tarantino was in American Idol because mm-hmm. he was one of the guest judges. 
Seriously, I totally missed that. Yeah, no, every yeah. single would go up. Paula would be like, yeah, it was good. But then Simon would be mean. And then Randy would be like, whatever, dog. And then he would come in like, you know what? You could have said it better. You could have that high point. And I would know exactly what he's talking about. But at the same time, he's not a musician. So what the fuck are you talking about? But like, like you know, in my makes- movie. Yeah. <laughs> like in my movies, when I buy an already recorded uh, song by the Rolling Stones, I know that he's going to hit the high notes, okay? <laughs> I don't need to tell him it's shit. Right? Okay? <laughs> all good. I like how our version of Tarantino sounds like Cartman. <laughs> screw you guys. Hey, screw you guys. I'm going to school. <laughs> it's cool, man. Have you ever had a Quentin Tarantino episode of South Park? Dude, I don't know. Is that like, like there should be. <laughs> there should be. It would be like Django uh, with Tarantino. <laughs> South Park Django. South Park Django with Tarantino. Oh and then Tarantino gets blown up again, like because he he plays an Australian cowboy, like in Django, and he gets yeah. blown up. He's like, no man, it's all good. Like, I gotta admit, like he's not the greatest actor, but he's charismatic as fuck. Like I, I would watch him on screen. Just I will, I would watch him as Superman if possible. <laughs> it's like, who are you? I'm Batman, okay? No, it's like I no, Shit. I want to see like Quentin uh, Tarantino's Batman with Nick Cage's uh, Superman, and then they team up together. <laughs> oh, you should have seen um Tim Burton's interview with Howard Stern back when uh, Superman Returns just got canceled. Or not I Superman Returns, or Superman he, Lives, or whatever. Superman Lives. And he basically admitted that he hired Michael Keane to play Batman because he looked weird and crazy, which was the same reason why he got Nicolas Cage to play Superman back then. Because he wanted people that looked off for his superhero. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, Nick Cage is, come on, Lois, we got to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Dude, like, he, he, you know, I wouldn't believe it about Superman. So he can't hide. That's the thing. Like, he's supposed to be somebody that when he's Clark Kent, you don't look at him. And when he's Superman, he looks heroic. He's neither. Like, Nick Cage, no, you can take him out. Heroic at all. Like, yeah. You should have, like, Nick Cage as Lex Luthor or something. I don't know. It'd probably be better than, uh, uh, what's his face? The guy who played Lex Luthor in uh, Batman vs. Superman. Um, what? About. That would be a good casting. Well, like, 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 right? Yeah, because like he's supposed to be he's kind like, of okay, awesome. Superman. <laughs> it's like, okay, Superman. Yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> I can tell. I never misfile anything, and <laughs> oh, and you misfile everything, and that's why we're fucked, right? Okay, Superman. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Reeves is coming back in Bill and Ted Three. Jesus, man. <laughs> Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> Bill and Ted 3. Oh, my God. Dude. When, was, yeah. when did the last one come out? Like in 1980 forever. <laughs> God. Oh, wait. Right here. 1991. 1991. Yeah. Like, that movie's as old as I am. <laughs> it's like... I, I feel like they're just trying to hit this Keanu Reeves wave as much as possible. Like, they're remaking everything that he was in. Like, they have the yeah. reboot of The Matrix coming out. They have Bill and Ted. Are they going to do another Speed? Maybe. I mean, yeah. Bad Boys for Life brought back Bad Boys, and it did bad boys really life. unusually well in the box office. 
No, so I'm like really surprised about move. that. Yeah. I thought it would do well, but I didn't think it would do that well. And uh, yeah. I guess like a lot of people miss the Martin Lawrence and Will Smith duo, right? So it's yeah. like, you know. I don't know. I think January, it was a dead month, but I could see it now being the month where they bring back like old franchises that like people miss. Yeah, and probably do well in that month. Like if they're gonna bring back like Friday, or if they're gonna bring back uh, like Rush Hour, because like right after that movie came out, it did well. They were like Rush Hour Four. Ah, it's um, like Rush Hour Four. I want to see. I think Rush Hour Four. I think I saw. I don't know if it was like Jackie Chan or Chris Tucker, but one of them like posted an image, uh, a picture on Instagram. They were like yeah. showing the like they were oh, the four. Showing yeah. four. <laughs> it was like yeah, we're doing number four, guys. No, wait, wait, I have to do, like, uh... We're doing number four, guys! <laughs> <laughs> you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Nobody understands the words that are coming out of your mouth! <laughs> I'm sly, stupid, you can't... <laughs> oh, man. It's like, what you know is what? this? It's the Beach Boys. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that, that's what's holding it up is because Rush Hour was basically three movies with an excuse of having an Asian guy and a black guy trade race jokes with each other. Yeah. I don't... Rush Hour 4 is going to be interesting. They're going to... At the same time, I don't think they're going to hold back. I don't know. I, I, I think it's sort of like PC era is like coming to a close, kind of. So, I mean, I feel like it would work. Like, the thing is, in each Rush Hour movie, there's like... Yeah, jokes about race, jokes about uh, there's always like a, a naked lady somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and or I would see and maybe Jackie Chan singing, you know, like essentially. <laughs> it's always like. This is funny. I was really surprised when he started singing in Rush Hour Three. Like he's in, he's at like Moulin Rouge or something, yeah, and he's yeah. like. <laughs> so I get here. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> That's gonna happen. But yeah, so uh I think uh I think it was like we were talking about um fuck what what's the name? Harley Quinn, like before we started recording. Yeah. And like I really enjoyed the movie. I really liked it and I'm really surprised that not many people actually went to see it. Like there's a lot of like girl power stuff, but I was like you know, when I compare it to a movie like um Captain Marvel, that's you oh, know, like you a female Asian. superhero thing. Yeah. Like uh I feel like uh Birds of Prey, you know, it it it's like a very it is a feminist movie, but they don't force feed it. It's just like it's part of the uh, it's part of the th- it's part of the movie, but they yeah. don't like and it's just like they and they just like I don't know how to explain it, but it's like they they don't mention it, but they don't sugarcoat it. They don't force it down your throat either. Yeah. And it's just like you just see what women think about men. It's just like this guy's an asshole, this guy's a dick. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you look at the guys that, because I, I think often in some movies when they try to do a whole feminist agenda thing, they they shit on even the most normal, yeah. you know, least offensive guy. And yeah. here, the guys that they shit on are really like bad guys, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like, so you get it, and you're like, yeah, this guy's an asshole. This, you know, it's something we can all agree on. Yeah, and yeah. because like, Ewan McGregor plays the black the the black mask. He plays yeah, a bad yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. In uh, in the movie, and he plays like, 
uh, you know, a real, um, I'm quoting him like when he was on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, I can't remember, but he said like he plays like an extreme misogynist or something. Oh, okay. Was he? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he he, he was basically outwardly very... I mean, he's an asshole in general. Oh, okay. And being misogynistic is also part of his shtick, right? So, (laughs) So it's kind of like... I wouldn't say that that because like I think when you say like a guy's misogynistic, it's like the only thing that's wrong with him. But like this yeah. guy, like even McGregor, his character, there's tons of things that are really wrong with him. Yeah. And it's not just being an asshole towards women; it's being an asshole towards everyone. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I never expected uh, to buy like Ewan McGregor as a bad guy, but he really does it well. Like uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm bummed uh, I didn't get around to seeing it. I guess I was pro- part of the problem for this past box office performance. So, Michael, sorry. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, there was this one clip that was uh, going around Instagram, I guess. The, it was one of their ads for Birds of Prey when they played a clip of Harley Quinn sitting in the chair and Black Mask was saying all this stuff. And then she was like, that's childhood trauma right there. And I forgot she was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. At yeah, first. exactly. Did that come into play in this yeah, movie that, a lot. That comes out in the movie. Okay, yeah, it like, comes out in the movie, but it's, that's like the most interesting out. thing that I don't feel like they hit on hard enough. Like she could be yeah. like a Hannibal Lecter type if she wanted to. Yeah, no, exactly. And thing is, like they do, it comes out in the movie, and I never felt like it was predictable. Like it always came out at moments where it was like, oh, that came out of nowhere. Because, like, you forget that she has, like, a PhD in psychiatry or something. Like, she was a psychiatrist. And, uh, you know, and that's how she she met the Joker, like, in the story. But, like, um, uh, yeah, I I do, I I agree with the R rating. This does deserve an R rating for, not for the whole movie, but for, like, because, like, for example, movies like Deadpool or Deadpool 2. The R rating is like you need the R rating. It counts for the whole movie. Yeah. Like every single second of that is should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Harley Quinn, it's more like parts of it should you know deserve the R rating, but not everything. Yeah. And uh, you know, I guess it's like seventy percent PG thirteen, thirty percent R. And but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I was kind of like, I was wondering about it at first. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go see it, but I did. And, and I don't regret it. And uh, I wasn't the only one. Like a lot of people in the movie theater laughed at the same parts I did. Like sometimes I find that I laugh at the wrong parts. Sometimes <laughs> like the Joker in, in the night in the stand-up uh, club, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, and that's when he died. <laughs> <laughs> you go, ha! Ah, nope. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Oh, nope, never mind. That was it's like, and good. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> See, the, the thing about Joker when it came out, the R rating almost played into the marketing because mm-hmm. there was the R rating and it talks about like mental health. And then there was like all these stories of could this happen during the screening? And it added to like, the mystique of it like i even gave into it i was like i didn't see it until like the third weekend i gave into all that hype but for birds of prey the r rating wasn't really played into the marketing too much and so i I wonder if that hurt it at all because usually if something is rated r they hit you over the head like this is r this is 
not for yeah, your, for like, your parents or someone like, uh, yeah i mean i don't think kids should go see this movie but for sure um uh, i don't think i think teenagers could probably see this movie yeah. anyway because like r is like 18 right yeah or it's uh he, seven, yeah, seven, yeah it's like 17 or 18 and i think you have to be another age to bring somebody with you yeah yeah i mean i i see i, I can see why <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean it's like it's not as gratuitous as like uh since like because like in deadpool he uses knives and swords and shit so like he just slices through and then you just see some blood and that's it uh like in this movie they use like baseball bats and shit uh, so like really see like when someone gets their legs broken you know you can really see like the leg sort of like pow, you know oh, shit. like several times during this movie i, I was like oh, <laughs> like, oh I, was like, I wish Whoa. i saw this yeah they're like oh that's gotta hurt you know <laughs> i remember like when watchmen first came out that was the first time i saw a superhero movie when like the elbow would go the other way i'm like ah why? oh yeah damn like i forgot like that came out when i was uh 16 i think or 15 and uh like i kept talking about it at school and only like the only other kids who were talking about it with me were like the film nerds that yeah. i usually didn't hang out with yeah. <laughs> at the beginning but then they kind of became my friends through uh watchmen mm-hmm. and i was like dude rorschach awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I know. I, I feel like that came out too early too. Like, I don't think people were ready for, like, upheaving or like, turning the superhero genre on its head because they still yeah. didn't understand the superhero genre like 100. percent Yeah. Like, Issue so, Men I, when it came out barely made any money. Yeah, it's like it, when it came out, it was sort of played into the. Um, I can't remember if Watchmen came out or first. Or, I mean, before 300, or I can't remember which one came first. But, uh, I mean, 300 is also based on a comic book. But it was sort of like in that Zack Snyder era of, like, grungy, dark uh, graphic novel adaptations. And um, I think Watchmen would have probably had a lot more success, like, nowadays, if no one had seen it before. Because, you know, we're 20-something Marvel movies in, plus uh, Justice League and everything. And you're like, yeah, there are a lot of, uh, there are too many superhero movies and you need someone to, something to kind of subvert the, yeah. the genre. And I think to a certain extent, like the Joker kind of played into that a bit as well. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, yeah, let's follow this ultra-realistic descent into madness. And let's just call him Joker because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this movie, the way it was marketed and stuff, like you, you never want to water down your movie, but I feel like a PG thirteen rating would have helped this a lot, because like not just how the marketing looked, like they were promoting the soundtrack a lot, and everybody on that soundtrack was like Doja Cat, Megan the not was it Megan the Stallion? Yeah, they was Megan the Stallion or Normani. It was like people that young people knew and loved. Like this, this, these aren't the artists that like 25 and up are like really going crazy over. They really brought in like the next up and comers and like Saweetie. It's like you, you basically made a teen's soundtrack 
and gave it a rating that blocked teens out of the movie. Unless, yeah, unless they bought a movie, a ticket to something else, to which that's who the credit would go to that week. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, this would have really helped. A PG-13 rating would have really helped. And, like, the version we saw in theaters could have been, like, the unrated cut released later. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, it could have gotten the PG-13 rating if they cut out maybe a couple of leg breakings and... Uh, yeah. No, I think the leg breaking was okay, but it's like she feeds a guy to her hyena at yeah. one point. All, you don't see it, but it's just like uh, the guy, you just see the guy's leg and the hyena chewing on it, and then you're like, yeah. okay, so like that guy's dead. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, and it's not even a big plot point. Yeah. Like, not at all. It's just that, uh, like, Harley Quinn at the beginning of the movie is just like, I just broke up, like, I, uh, the Joker broke up with me and yeah. trying to get over him. So she tries to get a pet and yeah. she finds a, uh, a hyena and uh, the pet store owner, like, tries to, uh, like, you know, she does, like, Harley Quinn doesn't have money to pay. So it's like, oh, you can pay another way if you want. And then she, he tries to get kind of handsy. Uh, really? And so, like the hyena, like starts growling at him, and then next shot you see is the guy's like being chewed on by the, uh, by the hyena. So I mean, it's like they could have cut that out, and just had like, I found the hyena, my best friend, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a really funny. It's funny in the movie, but I think like stuff like that they could have taken out that weren't really important for the plot, mm -hmm. and just keep like the big gore that needs to be in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like uh, people, there's one guy who blows up. I won't say who, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah. But honestly, like anyone who can legally see this movie should go see this movie. It's a lot of fun. If you don't want to think about it too much and uh, you don't mind gore that much either, like just like go and see it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, not as good as uh, I don't know. It's just like it's filmed like the storyline is like it doesn't follow chron chronological order. Yeah. It's it's like it kind of follows like Harley Quinn's. I think it tries to follow Harley Quinn's like um, way of thinking. Just okay. like oh, jump to this part. Let's go back and then like oh, and then let's go back. Oh, that and, sounds and, funny. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a moment, so it's really the story seen through Harley Quinn's eyes because she's also narrating as well. So it's like pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's an easy movie to watch, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm just nervous about like this movie not doing well, making Warner Brothers feel like they can't take more risks because Joker proved yeah. that you can. But I, I feel like what's happening with Birds of Prey might give them cold feet. Yeah. Because, like, I've always dreamed of maybe, like, a Batman Beyond movie or a Static Shock movie or just, like, stuff that's kind of in line with what we grew up with, like, in the cartoons. Yeah. But th this is, this feels like something that, that'll make them maybe, like, hold back a little bit. So yeah, but I think, like, if this movie doesn't do it, like, I just hope that they don't touch uh, Suicide Squad, like the Tim, the James Gunn version. Yeah. I just hope they leave him do what he wants to do yeah. and just trust him, you know, whatever. And I think that'll be the real test of, that'll be, like, the final test of, like, does 
the Harley Quinniverse <laughs> yeah. work. And, and to get out of the DC universe for a split second, Warner Brothers also has another big budget, big risk movie coming out. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. I think they're, yeah, they're wrapping up filming and there's like no marketing for this movie. Oh my god. And they're basically just wrapping up filming on it, so... Like, it's like you're just doing movies to keep the rights. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, this was a big deal years ago, too. Like, like oh, yeah, Godzilla is going to meet up with King Kong and they're going to fight. But now it's like, is, is this coming out? Or is like, no one gives a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> I mean, I wish it were the case. And uh, I mean, even. I was a big fan of the 90s Godzilla movie, and uh, but then like the last Godzilla, like the last two Godzilla movies, I have not watched them. I haven't seen them. I think yeah. I started seeing the first, like the one with Brian Cranston. Yeah. I started watching that one, and I was like bored. <laughs> like, yeah. Next Netflix video, please. And then, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just like. I'm so salty about that movie. I'm still salty because uh, I was an extra in a scene that got cut out, but that's all right. It's all about the Seriously? money. About yeah. There, there, there well, was a day when they needed a bunch of Filipinos, and for some reason they couldn't get that much, so they just started using other people to like be Filipino in that scene. And everybody that day had like at least 15 minutes of makeup to make you look burnt. And they yeah. flew in a guy from Canada to basically make half of his body look burnt, like put him into three hours of makeup for that. And that whole scene was important. Yeah, that whole scene was important because um, if you see one of the characters, she carries around a book the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And that scene, they cut out. Like, basically, we filmed the entire day. and They cut out the entire day of filming almost. And that book she was holding, they explained it in that scene. So if you watch the whole movie, she's just carrying around a book. And it's like, why, why don't you put it down? Like, why is that so important? <laughs> so salty about it. It's yeah. like kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually no. That's actually kind of what the scene was. It was the the scene where they go Godzilla. This is the the, the lights. It was kind of like that the the nineties version how they had that scene where he put, just like, puts the match and the guy goes Godzilla. Godzilla. Ah! <laughs> Godzilla. And then you're like you know after Pacific Rim that when Pacific Rim came out like the first one I was really surprised that it did that well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, number two, when they cast uh, the guy from Star Wars, uh, Finn, I, w- I was like, this isn't going to work. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever a movie has that kind of vibe, like, okay, the first one worked, let's have the next one with the next generation. And then you're like, same thing with the okay. Star Wars uh, sequel yeah, trilogy. They did that with, well. uh, what else? <laughs> Independence Day, they just did that for Bad Boys for Life. They would probably do it for Rush Hour 4. Like that's that's basically sure. been like the trend. Like yeah, they it's tried, gonna be like they tried it with kid with Chris Tucker's kid. <laughs> they, they tried it with um, Indiana Jones. Creed did a good job of that thing, but I remember Indiana Jones tried that, passing it down to Shia LaBeouf, and then Shia LaBeouf went to like fuck you mode for like ten years straight. So yeah, I think honestly, it, Shia LaBeouf as Indiana Jones, like no thank you. <laughs> I mean, not Indiana Jones, but whatever, whatever his name was uh, in the movie. I don't know. Forget it. <laughs> his name is Son Deanna Jones. And, like, 
easy. Yeah. Like Steven Spielberg is like, yeah, everyone's gonna get it. He's the son, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what his name was like. What are these random names like Branch? <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Branch. I know, like uh, I became a I I started watching uh, Longmire on Netflix like a few yeah. months ago. Yeah. It's like a police procedural procedural like based in Wyoming. It's essentially like a sheriff or whatever. And one of the deputies, his first name is Branch. Yeah. I was like, that's like the whitest name I've ever heard in my life. Oh, oh ready for this name. His name in the movie was Mutt. Mutt, Mutt. Williams. <laughs> Mutt. <laughs> well, because Indiana is the name of, of a dog, actually. Like, it was the name of uh, Sean Connery's dog, like the character. Yeah, because uh, his actual name was Henry, right? Yeah, his actual name was Henry. Actually, like, the dad's name was Henry. And then, yeah, I think he's Henry, but then it's like, uh, Henry, Henry Jr.? <laughs> And it was like, Junior, come here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Junior. Junior. And then at the end, he's like, I can get the Holy Grail, Dad. Don't worry. I can get it. And then he's like. uh, He doesn't. And then, like, Sean Connery goes, like, Indiana. And they're like, oh, it's the first one. It's the first time he uses, like, the the Indiana name. (laughs) That's when Indiana Jones is like, okay, I forgive you, Dad. And then. (laughs) <laughs> like I'll leave the Holy Grail behind with the Nazis who died in that crater or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I wonder how the next one's gonna look like because they've been putting a Lucasfilm has putting been putting a lot of energy into Star Wars, but like it, we we forget that Disney owns Indiana Jones too. So it's like what's what is happening? <laughs> that is my heater. Ah, uh, the I think it's farting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's the cold water meeting the hot water and then there's like some steam or something yeah that this happens every day this yeah. has happened in other recordings of ours uh, but not as loud as today for some reason this is, but, uh, uh, yeah. this is how it is this is uh that's what it is though. i think I don't know, like we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes uh should we close on something Wait, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes? Yeah, man. Oh, really? It says 38 minutes right here. Oh, we've been, we've been recording for oh, 38 yeah, because minutes. we were recording from before. Yeah, we were talking before. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's talk in some more, but like, it's just like this heater is kind of like... That's right. They'll endure. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go for like 20 more minutes. Let's, let's, let's yeah, man. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> What else can we talk about? Suspense. We're always keeping people in suspense, man. Uh, do we want to go into something deep? Because I just found a, uh, yeah, sure. a new story right here. Movieweb.com. The big headline is Corey Feldman's My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys trailers here. What? Yeah, he's been trying to push this movie for a long time that's supposed to expose uh, Hollywood pedophilia. Uh, he even tried to do this for a long time. I remember one time he was able to get a gig on, I think, Good Morning America, where he, like, did a weird emo song or something, but it, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know how true it is, how not true it is. I don't know how long of a thing this is. All I know is Hollywood. Uh, it is Hollywood. Yeah. And well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, whoever 
is a victim should talk about that stuff and kind of like call out anyone who did that. But it's, uh, I think, I don't know if uh, as a movie, it has to be well done. Like it can't like, yeah. you know, just be like, eh, this happened. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not... I think it depends on like whoever's working on it. And if there's like a right amount of care, like, that Leaving Neverland documentary, you know, it kept it, it made people pretty polarized. Like as a documentary, I think it was well done in showing the point of view that they wanted to show. But uh, in order for this movie to work the way he wants it to work, it has to have that kind of conversation going for it. It has to be somewhat polarizing. Because when you're talking about Hollywood, you're talking about like people's heroes and stuff. If, if you're not just... Like, Harvey Weinstein to, like, the world, he wasn't, like, a little kid's hero or whatever, but you know, yeah. then when you start digging into people, like, what is it, like, I don't know, like, Michael Jackson, or a lot of, like, people that whose face was, like, more well-known, it's, like, people start to feel a little bit funny about that. Yeah, so. well, I think a lot of people, it's, like... Um in um, Dave Chappelle's, in one of Dave Chappelle's specials, he talks about Michael Jackson. Yeah. And uh, he says, like, that he doesn't believe any of it. Uh, yeah. Even though he saw, like, uh, um, that, that documentary. And it's yeah. sort of like, if you're, you know, it's like you don't know unless you were there kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, if, if everyone's saying that it's true, like, it probably is, you know, <laughs> but it's yeah. sort of like, but then uh, it's like, um, I think a lot of people feel, a lot of people who are, let's say a lot of the detractors, they're going to use uh, arguments like, well, uh, they haven't been famous for a while and they just want to get back in the limelight. So they're making all this shit up mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Like maybe that's probably what people are going to say about Corey Feldman. But uh, honestly, like, I think as long as he doesn't do it about himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He should do it. It should be like a universal film. It's like this happened to me, but it's the case, you know, for a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, instead of it being like this happened to me, poor me, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, then it's going to sound like, well, hey, love me, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you find balance. And I think like... Yeah you know, uh, he has to be he, careful with that. Yeah, and he started off, like, as a child star and whatnot. And, like, mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder how it's, like, like, even being in New York for the first time felt a little funny because, like, let's say, like, you were brought up in, like, the L.A. system. is like mm -hmm. you are always surrounded by people with influence and power, like, yeah. all the time. So it's, like, you. I don't know how it, how that kind of like vibe feels and when you're a child star you're like an employee from a young age nobody really cares about like trying to mold you it's yeah. kind of like you're you're an asset so whatever he says i'll take it for what it is but i'm not in a position to really like be able to do anything with whatever he said but i'll watch the trailer yeah. and we'll talk about it some other time yeah sure no i mean it's like uh i guess like for a kid it's like it's probably like well you know he did this and then some pa or or something probably told him like well you want to make it in this business you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. 
Corey Feldman was talked to by an old timey, you know, <laughs> old timey uh, film. Oh, sure. You gotta let him t- touch your googlies, okay? <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> Wowza! You have to, you have to let him uh, touch your your tallywhacker. You know what I mean? <laughs> tallyho, tallyho. <laughs> tallyho, me mateys. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean. It's like they probably talk like that back then. <laughs> yeah, they probably all actually talk like that. Like we, if we lived back then, and did people really talk like that? Actually, <laughs> I don't think so. I think some people did. You know, like the people in the old showreels, like today in Europe we see the Nazis invading. <laughs> then you would have like the weird yeah. people that would talk like they do on TV, and it's like, what's up with your voice? I don't know, man. I just talk like this all the time. Sorry. Wow, wow. Something like this. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> and uh, no, it's like it's just like news anchors today compared to like maybe in the 40s or something. You know, back then it was like, no, 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 you see. And, uh, like no, it is like. Today we saw something happen, and it was really not cool. You know? it like the vice way, it was like yeah. I saw a protest today, and it was like yeah, the vice like not I saw cool. protest. Today. <laughs> I was in China, and we totally yeah. saw this. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Kong, they like... took our bottled water, like they <laughs> stole our water filters, guys. Like this was real serious. <laughs> like, why do you believe in supremacy for your race? And then they would go on and on, and then they'd be like, but that's just not cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, but there's this there's this Vice uh, reporter. She's, uh, I think she's like, uh, she's mixed, she's like Asian and African, like her yeah, parents yeah. are like, and yeah. uh, and she has like a British accent, and she's—I uh, think she's been doing most of the Vice reporting that I see on YouTube. And you was like, "We can see the Uyghurs today," and uh, you know, and it's like really—and and, I—and I really like because uh, for a while I stopped watching Vice, and uh, then like I started watching it again, and like she's really good, and, like her reports are really good. Yeah. And uh, she kind of fits in everywhere. I don't know why. It's, like, it's just like she goes Yeah, it's like. Well, I hope they get more reports like that rather than like for a while it was like this same like I think she was like a white girl with like, like glasses she, and they would like put her black. literally everywhere. What was that? The C like one of the co-founders of uh, Vi- I think his name is Shane Black or something. Or is he the one who did the Proud Boys? Or who He's founded? the guy who has like a big beard. Is he the guy? Who- Wait, Shane Black is the guy that directed Predator. I just oh, saw okay. it. Oh, no, it's, I read it. it's Shane something or Ian Black? No, I don't know. Shane uh, Vice. Right. While he's on that, um, I'm going like Shane to- Smith. Shane Smith. While he's on that, I'm going to spit out uh, three stories that just came to my head that I saw that I just want to, like, spit out, see what you feel. Uh, I forgot that Disney had two announcements this week of one, uh, Hamilton. They're going to have the stage version of Hamilton, not like a full Hamilton feature film, like film like a movie, but they're going to film the stage play with most of the original Broadway uh, cast. And that's going to be presented as a movie in 2020 or 2021. So it's going to be... I want to have to the tickets. Yeah, it's going to... 
Broadway tickets to, to yeah. see. Yeah, I know. I just have to go to an AMC to watch it. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's just interesting because, like, that's something I would expect from, like, Fathom events. I wouldn't expect that from Disney to film it as a play and then put it on screen, but that's what it is. And the other thing Disney announced is they're uh, making a movie with Bruno Mars. Uh, there's no plot details yet, but um, he's they're making a movie with his music and a story kind of created by him so well we'll see i don't know i could i could see like him doing like power line the movie or something i don't know <laughs> but no, dude, i got i have a title i already have a title for the movie it's yeah. mars attacks the brunoing <laughs> hey. see mars got attacks. it hey bruno mars call me mars attacks the brunoing those attacks, right? <laughs> oh, Bruno. Okay, and then last thing, uh, I just saw a headline for this. Look uh, on Collider.com. Loki series adds Google and Bata Rod to the cast. Uh, she was the lead actress in Cloverfield Paradox, and she was the lead in uh, Beyond the Lights, and she was the mom in uh, la, 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 Wrinkle in Time. Uh, my, they're not saying who she's going to play. My guess is she would probably be uh was it sue storm the invisible woman for fantastic four yeah like chances are it's going to be like in like a i don't know unknown character or something but like i i think she would be a good fit for the invisible woman so i that's who i think it would be mm-hmm. but if not uh we'll see like i'm really interested to see how they start bringing in like the fantastic four and all the fox people and whatnot it's like uh, I saw some rumors online that Susan Storm, uh, yeah. the actress that they're thinking, or one of the actresses that they're thinking about is Emily Blunt. Oh, nice. Like, uh, and I see her as Susan Storm and uh, her real life husband, like what's his name? Um, uh, John Krasinski. Uh, John Krasinski, like as Mr. Fantastic, like that would just work. I don't know. It, maybe it's just like I've. I've kept seeing like fan art of uh, them being part of the Fantastic Four for like years, yeah. and I think it's just ingrained in my mind by now. So I just yeah, like I'm thinking, you know, a quiet place but with stretchy arms and invisibility. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that like uh, it's just that I could definitely see John Krasinski as like this fantastic, but for Sue Storm, her personality is supposed to be, I guess, like a bit softer. Like, mm-hmm. right, right here it says uh, charactertour.com or character whatever. Warm, caring, responsible. She's the heart of the Fantastic Four. And I guess in the past movies, she was kind of portrayed as, like, a little bit unique and whatnot. And I don't... For Emily Blunt, she seems like somebody that would play, like, a really strong role. Like, if there was, like, a god character, then that would be, like... See. She should have played Captain Marvel. <laughs> just was, actually, I think she was in the running. I know she was supposed to be Black Widow. I think at she... least, yeah. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to diss Brie Larson because I think she, they haven't given her a script where she can really work with it. You know, it, like the Captain Marvel script, I think most, my biggest problems with that is that they didn't, they just made Captain Marvel just someone who just, like, it's like they just react to things. Like, they don't, you don't feel like she leads yeah. where she's going. 
you know, yeah. it's sort of like this is this is happening, then that happens, and then this happens, and then oh, that happens, and then you're like, oh, and then she blows everything up. Okay, cool. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's I feel like they didn't let her personality shine through, yeah. and they really went with the stoic. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. Uh, thing. Stoic. And like as an actress. I, I like her as an actress. It's just like I feel. I hope that for Captain Marvel two, they're gonna give her like a better, a meatier yeah. script. So it's it's just like, you know, it really felt like filler between uh, the Avengers movie, like the Infinity War and Endgame. It just felt like filler. Yeah, I mean, it was almost. I don't know if it was designed to be that way, but part of me almost feels like it kind of was. Like, it's supposed to be the strongest Marvel character, but I feel like the movie itself was more to introduce the character rather than, let's take the audience on a ride. Mm -hmm. But Captain Marvel 2 sounds like, if the rumors are true, it sounds like it's going to have a much meatier role in the MCU. Like, there's mm -hmm. rumors of them introducing Rogue from the X-Men into this movie. Yeah. 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 And apparently the there, was a, yeah, there was like a storyline in the past that had to do with Rogue as a villain. So yeah, because then like if she steals Captain Marvel's powers, like because like she she essentially takes the powers. Mm -hmm. I mean she she gains she doesn't steal them but she gains their power. Yeah. And uh, like that would be awesome to be honest, and it would give Captain Marvel an actual challenge. Yeah. Because like the whole movie isn't really a challenge for her, because she's yeah. like freaking overpowered, and you're like. She can blast through a spaceship. Like, she doesn't need, you know, there's no bad guy who can best her. Yeah. And um, I think that's like, that was the main thing about the movie is that there wasn't really a conflict. It's like yeah. Black Panther, you know, like Killmonger is essentially, yeah. like, totally kill T'Challa, uh, yeah. right? And he yeah. almost did. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you know, there wasn't anyone in Captain Marvel who could actually kill Captain Marvel. Like yeah, videos. it's weird because like I guess it became a trope over time having the evil version of somebody fighting the hero, but mm -hmm. in a way it's like you almost need something like that or someone that's like completely the other way. Like that's strong. That that's strong in either the skills they present or really strong in whatever the hero's weakness is. Yeah. Like Lex Luthor and Superman. It's like. You have Superman, who's really good with the brawn, but Lex Luthor 100% has, like, the brain. So, yeah, exactly. You... I think, like, yeah, I remember, I think one of the characters that everyone liked and I liked as well was Captain Marvel's friend, like, Monica Rambeau. And she actually had a challenge in the movie. Like, she's flying, uh, like, she's a pilot, and she's in a dog fight with one of the aliens, like, one of the Kree. And mm -hmm. it's actual... Like, they, she, she actually has to be clever enough to beat, like, uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember what her name is, but, like, the, the other pilot. And yeah. you can see, like, there was an actual challenge there. And yeah. it's, like, two master, like, pilots or something. And Captain Marvel was just like, I'm impervious to everything. I can blow yeah. shit up. I can do this. And no one can touch me. And they're like, okay, compelling. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you overcame zero obstacles because nothing's an obstacle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, it, I just, it's always going to be I, hard writing for the overpowered superheroes that's to me that's just how it is like they've never 
been able to, in, in, at least in the modern era, I haven't 100% able to get Superman down. I haven't 100% been able to get Captain Marvel down. Uh, Green Lantern, when they bring that back, that's going to be tricky. Like the people with actual huge powers, it's yeah. like, it's going to be tricky trying to bring them back or give them I something. You know, uh, Superman, uh, yeah. not like Man of Steel. I think they brought Zod a bit too early. Like they should have saved that for like Superman 2 or something. Man of Steel yeah. 2. Yeah. Because like, Zod is like a really powerful character and he just like shows up like and then breaks the neck and that's it, right? And uh, I mean, mayhem ensues and whatever, but, <laughs> but it's yeah. sort of. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They should have chosen some someone else, like another villain, and then just save that. Anyway, yeah. it's too late now. I I feel like Henry Cavill's moved on. He's in The Witcher now. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> he fits in The Witcher. I saw like the he first really... episode. He he to me, if in another in another universe somewhere in the world, he would have been a good Lex Luthor. Henry Cavill. Yeah. He would I have been like a classic it, version of Lex Luthor. He, that would have been good for him. Just like shave his head. Maybe yeah. less brawny, but, you know, still like fit. Like yeah. he could be good Lex Luthor. But uh, because like he played a bad guy in uh, the last Mission Impossible movie. And uh, like he, he can play a bad guy pretty well. And I think Man of Steel, like Superman as a character, is very bland. Like even in the comic books. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of like, I can do anything. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I forgot who said this. I think it was one of the Marvel writers, but they said that because uh, Captain America's personality is somewhat similar to Superman's. And it's mm-hmm. like the fact that the Captain America movies did so well shows that you can do something with Superman. And... To me, that's right on the story side. Like, on the story side, you could definitely do that. But yeah. on the action side, can you do something like Captain America's elevator fight? Where no, he's basically he's back against the wall against, like, what, 15 other guys? Yeah. Or Superman like, could just, like, burst out of it. Was, like, Captain America as a character, like, he's not that powerful when you think about Thor or, or the Hulk or Superman. Like, he's not, like, he's a super soldier, yeah but, like he's not like he can't move a planet or something right so it's mm-hmm. like because uh, also uh talking about uh underpowering um superheroes like the hulk in the comics mm-hmm. is way more powerful than the mark ruffalo hulk like, oh yeah uh, the hulk in the comics can break a planet in half just by smashing the ground it's just like when he gets really fucking angry yeah and, but i think that was a good choice uh, from Marvel Studios because like when you have a character that's that powerful that's when you write yourself in a corner and uh, it's really like then you're like okay so you know Thanos beating Hulk's ass in Avengers Infinity War like would not happen because like Hulk would just like punch through the spaceship or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah but I think yeah Superman it's weird because everyone knows that Superman is super powerful so you can't yeah you know underpower him in a way so it's sort of like yeah you know. and like with the hulk um i'm really i actually like that smart hulk i hope like really like angry savage hulk comes back but i like 
the fact that Smart Hulk came in because now you can bring in like She-Hulk, you can bring in uh, Amadeus Cho, who becomes mm-hmm. his own version of the Hulk later, like or like even um, General Ross when he becomes uh, the the Red Hulk yep. somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you you. But like like by doing that, you've kind of introduced the other Hulks that have come in. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along the way, you need to bring back like that really angry like fuck everybody and everything kind of Hulk. Yeah, sure. No, it's like uh, because yeah, they're gonna have a She-Hulk uh, Disney Plus TV show. I think it's not gonna come out soon, but it's gonna come out maybe in the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, there's also going to be a Moon Knight. Do you know Moon Knight? Moon Knight. Uh, not 100% familiar with him, but there's rumors that Shia LaBeouf is playing this guy. So Yeah, because like Shia LaBeouf, I would see Shia LaBeouf or like a crazy Daniel Radcliffe playing this, mm-hmm. this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Moon Knight is a guy who has multiple personalities. And one of them is Moon Knight, a superhero who has the powers of an Egyptian god or something. Wait, is this a personality or does he actually have the powers? Like, there's like one personality who has the powers or something. But then like uh, one personality is like a millionaire. Another one is like a lawyer or something. I can't remember. And what's interesting in the comics is that you don't know what's real or not because the guy's kind of insane. So you don't he's imagining everything, if he's yeah. actually a superhero or not. So it's kind of like, and it goes in the vein of, uh, you know, he's like equally powered to, maybe he's equal to maybe a bit more powerful than Daredevil and uh, Iron Fist. But it's like in that class of superhero. Sorry, my heater is clacking again. That's no, okay. <laughs> It's, uh, excuse me, listeners, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, I think Shia LaBeouf could probably play him pretty well. And because uh, he's also like a bounty hunter, like one of his personalities is like a bounty hunter. And that's how he is like some kind of, uh, he goes into a uh, pyramid on one of his like bounty hunting adventures or something. And that's when he gets possessed by an Egyptian god who uses him as like his messenger on Earth or something. Mm-hmm. So he gets his powers, or and I can't remember what his powers are. But uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting. And uh, yes, there's, there's She-Hulk, Moon Knight. The ones that are gonna come out soon are uh, the Falcon and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That I'm wondering. I heard some rumors that there's like an evil Captain America in uh, in the TV show. Oh yeah, the U.S. agent is supposed to be like the offshoot Captain America. Mm-hmm. The, like if you saw the Super Bowl ad, it was the guy running when like onto the football field. Yeah. So he's according to the show is supposed to be like the offshoot guy because like yeah, right. that's basically all I know so far. Right. that it's almost the whole show is basically about like a fight for the shield i don't know what kind of part bucky is gonna play in it if he's gonna like fight for the shield too or if he's gonna help out anybody because he, he's not 100 percent well either like he's still in the phase where you can still say the words and yeah still get weird so yeah <laughs> i thought he got like uh d like un de brainwashed in uh, wakanda 
Yeah, the, but it yeah, wasn't like a hundred percent, was it? I can't remember. Like they kind of yeah. gloss over it. It's like it's time to go back to war, soldier. And then he's like, "Here's your metal arm." And then okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but. Uh, Another news that we didn't talk about is that uh, Doctor Strange 2 has a different director now. Like they've announced that Sam Raimi's going to direct Doctor Strange Sam 2. Sam Raimi. <laughs> back in back in Marvel baby. <laughs> yeah. Now this is new cuz it was usually indie directors or mm-hmm. like the guys who did Captain America the second one and eventually did two Avengers movies and Civil War. Uh, yeah, they only did episodes of Community I think before so now yeah. they're bringing in like the big guns. They're bringing in like the yeah. OG superhero guy, Sam Raimi. <laughs> because like they wanted to have a, um, because like it's supposed to be the first horror Marvel movie. Yeah. So like Sam Raimi directed the Evil Dead movie in like in the 80s and Army of Darkness, uh, Evil Dead 2. And then he did the Spider-Man movie. So he's like, he's done a bit of both. And yeah. I guess, like, that's why they, they hired him. And to be honest, like, I think Spider-Man 2 is probably one of the best Spider-Man movies, like, superhero yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, that have ever been done. And, and with, like, uh, yeah. yeah. With, like, the title of the, with the title of it, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And already, like, when you see the WandaVision clips and stuff, you know how wacky the and mixed up the marvel universe is about to get you need somebody that can like handle that or somebody that is experienced in you know things going every which way you don't know which way is up and if anybody's seen the evil dead that's great and even spider-man 3 the parts that sam raimi had control over were great but then the stuff the studios wanted (laughs) yeah sony moved in Yep, and uh, and fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like uh, I think they really wanted Venom in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, Venom wasn't supposed to be in the movie at the beginning. It was supposed to be like the main bad guy is um, James Franco. Uh, yeah, James Franco. Or the Sandman. Uh, no, it was like James Franco was supposed to be the main bad guy, and the Sandman is sort of like I guess his henchman or something. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, but then, like, Sony was like, no, we want Venom, we want Venom or something. And that's where you get the, I think, like, the whole dance routine when uh, yeah. Tommy yeah. uh, is possessed by uh, Venom or something. Yeah. Like, I think it was just, like, Sam Raimi giving a big fuck you to Sony. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you wanted Venom, here he is, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually never thought about that. That's actually good. <laughs> That's actually, I actually believe that now because it was so out of place too. It wasn't even seamlessly put into the movie. It was like, "Fuck you!" Here's him clapping in the middle of the street for no reason. Because yeah. <laughs> like that's the only way. Like unless some guy at Sony Studios was like, "Oh yeah, I have a great idea. Let's have." Peter Parker dancing with like an emo haircut, <laughs> like in New York, yeah. and the dance was like the the dance hasn't aged well at all. It was already dorky at the time, oh, and it hasn't aged yeah. well at all. So, <laughs> so I wonder if that's like a cult thing for like kids nowadays, because like the kids of whatever generation are always inspired by the bad shit of like <laughs> the previous generation. So I don't know, maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe it's an inspiration for yeah. I don't freaking know. I don't know. I'm trying to defend yeah. it. I can't. Like, if there are any kids out there who are inspired by this, like, don't be inspired. Like, stop. Like, just, just stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Let the old people tell you this is this is it's not like, for you. It's shitty for a reason. Like, don't perpetuate it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, Oh, but yeah i'm really looking forward to that um i'm looking forward to uh black widow like the black widow movie i'm really looking forward to that but yeah i i have a special spot in my heart for wonder woman 84 uh that's like that's my that's my jam pedro pascal kristen wick uh, you can get it i don't know what you saw what do <laughs> And now I get what I want in return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has Something a weirdest like accent. I've never heard him speak like that before. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe that's the point. We'll see. <laughs> return. It's like, it's like the Chilean Trump. <laughs> Chilean Trump. Chilean Trump. <laughs> I think like he's from. I think his parents are from Chile. Chile. Yeah. Is it? Cheech, like Cheech. in real life? Yeah. In the movie. Oh, okay, okay. And then, like, he has, like, a blonde wig. So I think they made him look like Trump for, you know, for obvious reasons. <laughs> it's like a Trump wannabe. Maybe it was someone that came from another country Trump and, like, wanted Wait, to. But he's Trump. got, like, one of those, like, self help videos, like, in the trailer. It's like, you know, the only thing you need to succeed is to want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a Trump. Maybe that's maybe that's the plot. Maybe Trump is actually going to exist because this is the fit. This is the eighties in this movie. Yeah. Then so they're going to have uh, like the actual Donald Trump like do a cameo. It's like, hey kid, like welcome to the yeah. Plaza Hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the Plaza Hotel? <laughs> it's like a Home Alone two. Yeah. Just like Home Alone two, uh, like a callback, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over. Where's the bathroom, sir? It's over there. <laughs> Over there, dumbass. <laughs> it's over there, young man. Yeah. Don't don't forget, we're gonna build the wall in twenty years. <laughs> one more. One more. Why did I, it's why, like, why, why did I turn one, turn one like, woman into me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's a good idea to build a wall around my house to keep the burglars out. It will save me a lot of time from building all these traps everywhere. Oh, you just reminded me too, before we end this podcast, I got to mention uh, what I found out. Um, the, the Home Alone reboot on Disney+, Plus. they're talking about bringing Kevin McAllister back and he's going to own his own security company. And that's basically what the plot is, is that like, there's a, some random kid out there. It was the kid from, uh, the, was it the sidekick from Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. He's he's gonna like go to the security company. And Kevin McAllister is gonna help him like set up booby traps or something. <laughs> it's like Joe Pesci's like grandkids are gonna show yeah. up at the house or something. It's like, hey, we're gonna. It's like, hey, you know, that's not nice. It's like, was that a brick? Was that a brick? <laughs> was that a? I like the part where Joe Pesci's hair gets burnt off and just like ah, he's just screaming. <laughs> it's all like he doesn't even walk away or anything. He just stays there. He goes like ah, <laughs> like this flame is burning his hair off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
can't believe for a whole generation that's what we know Joe Pesci from. Like I had yeah. no idea he was like a mafia actor before. I thought he was just the that's funny like, guy that goes. Like I didn't know about Goodfellas until I was like 18 or something. But before yeah. then, I knew about my cousin Vinny. Uh, oh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah, I didn't see that until later. And uh, yeah, and Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, are you stupid? <laughs> like, stupid. like, what? You scared? <laughs> Walk into the house. <laughs> I'm. This is funny to you. I'm a clown. <laughs> good fellows anyway yep. uh, yeah but uh, I don't know uh, I think um, the next movie that's coming out that I want to see I can't remember what are the next movies coming out uh, New Mut- is New Mutants coming out this month or is that next month uh, March. Anyway, I know that I want to watch uh, Kingdom on Netflix. Oh, oh Sonic the Hedgehog is coming out. Sonic the Hedgehog is coming out. That's yeah. going to be, I think Mulan is coming out in March. Okay, okay yeah. And um, yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. When is Godzilla. that coming? Godzilla. Godzilla. It's coming. Delayed until November. Okay, so we won't talk about Kojira. <laughs> and uh, I think there's like an animated Disney movie, like Pixar, about orcs or elves. Oh, yeah, Onward. Yeah, Onward with uh, Spider-Man and uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord. They're both playing brothers in this movie. Yeah. And uh, like uh, Tom Holland and uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Mm. And then, yeah, Mulan's going to come out. I actually watched Mulan yesterday, like the original. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That movie really holds up. Like, I really like it. <laughs> Even, like, 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the new Mulan, they're really trying to get a, like, you know, crouching tiger hidden dragon vibe to it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm actually happy they're doing that because I I didn't like Lion King as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Because like it was basically like a retread of the original, which you know cartoons and other stuff have done that before, just retreads. But that one was too like. Yeah, that was like a shot for shot remake of everything. Yeah. You know like the whole like when Mufasa dies, Simba's like no, and then it's just like a close up of his face, and then they they pan out, and then like yeah. they zoom away from him, and he goes eh. But then like they're they're ultra realistic, so they don't have any facial expressions, so it's just like bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just like watching a lion open its mouth, and you could have put anything else in there, and it would have seemed realistic as well. Like you yeah. could have replaced the sound and be like. I want tacos. <laughs> and then you're like, go to be the same thing. Akuna Matata, I want tacos. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, you know, <clears throat> you could tell that Simba, like Don, uh, Donald Glover and Beyonce, you can tell by their voice that they're not the same age. And it's yeah. just like, you feel like Simba's dating an older uh, lioness or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a disaster. But anyway, let's end on this disaster, on this dis- <laughs> disaster. <laughs> and uh, 
And uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know uh, we're going to talk about next week, uh, probably about a movie or something else. Maybe maybe we'll, let's just talk about news. Like we'll just make a list of stuff and talk. You know, I think let's do just like all the other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. It's like, and it's just like, you know, like uh, screen junkies, like they talk about this week on Hollywood news. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Whatever. Then we can do our own honest trailers or something. But yeah, uh, yeah sure. Anyway, uh, that's it for me, Raf, Mike. This is Mike. Peace. Peace. Peace.